1: church say amen hallelujah what a wonderful blessing it is to be in worship what a wonderful blessing it is to be alive what a wonderful blessing it is to wake up and to be clothed in your right mind what a wonderful blessing it is to have a savior And what a wonderful blessing it is to have the gift of God's love. And on this Christmas, we celebrate the gift of life that comes from Almighty God. If you're grateful, can you give God 30 seconds of praise? Hallelujah. Such an awesome God. Christmas is inclusive of all circumstances of life. There's suffering, sacrifice, anxiety, hope, peace, pain, loneliness, poverty, hunger, rejection, love. There are questions. Sometimes there are no answers. There's joy, there's agony, misery, darkness, and light. Regardless of our circumstances, a relationship with Jesus Christ gives us the power we need to move beyond the darkness of the world into the marvelous light. If you have not experienced the light of Jesus, you have not experienced Christmas. COVID has challenged us to discover new ways to connect with each other, to express our love and serve with a grateful heart. I am so thankful and grateful to God for the faithful PGC disciples who consistently share the light of Jesus with those in need around us. And one of the things that impresses me most is that we don't serve in arrogance, we serve in humility and we don't look down upon the people that we serve. if We treat them as we treat ourselves. I am thankful to God for the dedicated volunteers who serve in excellence, give of their time, and use their spiritual gifts and talent to support this ministry. I am positive that Almighty God is pleased at our efforts, Pastor Joseph, and smiles on Pleasant Grove. I see evidence of it all the time. I give praise, honor, and glory to God for the financial contributions you have given, which have allowed us to honor our commitments to local and international partners. I am thankful to God for a phenomenal year in the life of our church. While we have been challenged in many ways, God has been faithful. While we have been challenged in many ways, our God has been faithful, hallelujah. And finally, Deacon Jay and I have been blessed by your love and many acts of kindness. On Christmas Eve, we enjoyed reading all of your cards while reflecting on your best wishes. We love you very much. Hopefully, we will see all of you on our 1 p.m. prayer call today. And even if you can't stay for an hour, please join the call because someone is looking for you. Someone wants to see your smile. Someone wants to see that you are all right. So drop by and give us a chance to see you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you created us. And only you know us, O oh God. And Father, right now we pray for a divine word from you, O oh God. Father, there are people around us who have lost loved ones. There are people around us and in our families who are suffering right now. There are those who are sick and Father, there are those who need to be lifted up by your spirit. I pray, dear God, that you will cleanse us so that we will be the light that shows the world that you are alive and that we are not forgotten. Bless your word, open our hearts, oh God, cleanse us so that we might receive you and be blessed. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Amen, hallelujah. John 3, 36. This is the memory verse of the day. You will not be able to go forward until you memorize this verse because it's such a critical verse in the third chapter of John. The Bible says that whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Let me say that again. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. The title of my sermon is The Gift of Life. And what is the meaning of life to me? I've been thinking about this for a long time. And I realize for me the meaning of life is living the faith every, in faith every day. I realize that life in my, for me means that every day of my life, every second that I'm alive, that I am living to be the light of Jesus Christ no matter where I go. Also, life for me is living in faithful expectations. It's sad, Malik, when those around us live, but they have no expectations. They have nothing to look forward to. But the Christmas story gives us a unique opportunity to see how God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary work in his kingdom. Christmas gives us an opportunity to reflect on the characters in the nativity in our journey, our own journey of faith with Christ. Christmas is more than gifts and a tree and decorations and ornaments and it's more than poinsettias. they're beautiful. And yes, all of the things that we receive and the good food that we eat, but there is no Christmas without Jesus. And the wonderful thing about the Bible is that its stories also help us to see God in us. And when we read the Bible or watch a great television dramatization, don't you always look at a story, a movie, and you look at what role you would be in if you were in the movie? Sometimes you want to be the star, and sometimes you go, no, I really want to be the supporting actress. God is so awesome that in the Christmas story, we can all find ourselves. Some of you are Mary, some are Joseph, some people want to be a shepherd, some people want to be a part of the Magi, who knows? But God gives us a chance to decide who we will be in the story. And while all characters don't have the same struggle, they all have doubt and confusion, and they all end up at the same place, clustered around the manger in worship. When you worship God in spirit and in truth, God moves us from darkness to light. There's something about worshiping God that moves us from a place of of anxiety to a place of peace. Our God provides clarity and understanding when we seek him. Our God gives us what we need, whether we know exactly what it is or not. The Christmas story teaches us that God will sometimes interrupt our plans for a greater purpose. Have you ever had your plans interrupted? Have you ever lost your job and you wonder why you're unemployed? Maybe God needed to get your attention? Have you ever had plans and they didn't work out and then you realize a few weeks later that it wasn't supposed to happen anyway? I don't know about you, but when God interrupted my plans in my life, I've always had a lot to say about that. And then I realized that God's greater purpose was moving me to a place that I might have a greater life in the name of Jesus. I realized that I'm glad that God turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground so that I can have a life worth living and a testimony that no one can take from me. In the beginning, the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible says, this is all in Genesis chapter one, Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the spirit of God, was hovering over all the waters. Isn't that powerful? And God said, let there be light. You know this story, and there was light. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters and separate the waters from water. And it happened according to God's word. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. I love reading the creation story because it helps me to see that God, our creator, can do anything at any time and that the circumstances Circumstances in our lives can be changed immediately due to our relationship with God. If you're struggling right now, maybe you need to work on your relationship with God. God said, let the land produce and vegetation appear. God said, let there be light in the vaults of the sky to separate the day from night, and guess what? And all of it happened. God said, let the team water with living creatures, and guess what? The birds begin to fly. Isn't God awesome? And then in verse number 26, God said, let us make mankind, my, 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 in our own image. So all of us, whether we have straight hair, kinky hair, no hair, little hair, brown hair, gray, red, purple, we are all created in the image of God. And whether or not our skin is brown, blue, green, yellow, red, hot pink, whatever it is, we are all in the image of God. Stop being critical of yourself and realize that God has made a masterpiece. And when God doesn't make anything that's worthless, go back and read the creation story. Because Danny, that is a part of God that's in you. So when we see you, we see God. Rod, when we look at you, we see God. So God gives us a deeper meaning of living. But I thank God that God took the time to create man and woman. The purpose and meaning of life means different things to different people. But the Bible said that God created man in his own image, male and female, he created them. What the world calls ugly, God calls beautiful. What the the world rejects, God accepts. Have you ever felt that you live in a world and people look at you because you are a certain color? or certain uh, complexion, we all have to remember that our God has not created any junk at all. And a thing that I learned as I studied and prepared today is that we must have a relationship with the God who made us if we're ever gonna understand where God wants us to go. And I also realized that unless God is our personal coach, we might be in the wrong lane, going to the wrong place at the wrong time. We must have an intimate relationship with our creator because we need to understand from our manufacturer and the person who made us what it is that we're supposed to be doing. I think the power of John the Baptist is that John knew his purpose. And when you know your purpose in life, you walk with authority, you talk with authority. You're not a wimp when people talk about you or look at you in strange ways because you know that you're carrying out the purpose that God has given you. Can't you just say amen? Have you ever felt like I don't care how you react to me, God has convinced me that this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I'm always gonna give God all honor and praise. I'm sad when I meet individuals who do not know their purpose in life. I realized after working for Bristol-Myers Squibb for 18 years that God had given me another purpose. I realized that when I worked for Duke Energy that God had given me another purpose. I realized when I was president, executive director of communities and schools that God had given me a direct purpose. And I thank God that I finally landed in the place that I am supposed to be, which is Pleasant Grove Church. I thank God for moving me when I would not have moved myself. I thank God for helping me to get over a six-figure salary and realize that as long as you have God, you're never poor and you're never bad bankrupt. I thank God for the love I share and have in my heart in Jesus Christ. And on this Christmas, I pray that all of us will give ourselves the gift of life, which is Jesus Christ. God constantly moves us forward and everything is done for a reason. In Isaiah 55 and verse number 11, there's a, it's a common scripture that reveals part of God's character. He compares his word, which is his character, to the purpose of precipitation and God says, it is the same with my word. How good is your word? How sound is your word? Can God count on you? Are you really dependable, are you really trustworthy to do what it is that you have promised God you will do? God said I send my word out and it always produces fruit and it will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Prosperity is tied to God. Prosperity comes from God. We need to start worshiping the people that we work for, and we need to start worshiping the God that has made provision for us, not only here on earth, but on the other side of the grave. Praise the Lord. Some of the Bible verses that talk about the meaning of life, you should jot these down. Matthew 10:39: If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Luke 12, 15, take care and be on guard against, take care and be on guard against all covetedness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. How many of us define our success by our possessions, the things that we own and the places that we live in? John 17:3. and this is eternal life that they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And James 1.12, blessed or happy is a man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. Right now, some of us are under trial. And right now, some of us are questioning God's love. But the Bible says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. In our text, John the Baptist gives us a clear example of the power we gain when we know our purpose. The one, John says that the one who comes from above is all, all from above, and the one who is of earth is earthly and speaks of earthly things. But the one who comes from heaven is above all. One of the things that I admire about John the Baptist is that he knew his place. He knew his calling, and he would not allow anyone to pump up his ego, and he did not allow anyone to make him think that he was more than he was. He realized that I am the forerunner, the precursor. I am the one going forward to tell the dying world in darkness that Jesus Christ is Lord. My, 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 wasn't that an assignment of all the assignments you can get? He gets to go out and preach and teach and tell people about the Savior that has come. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. And whoever does accept his testimony certifies that God is trustworthy. Right now, we witness to others, but everybody won't believe us. We will witness and be the light, but everyone will not receive. But the Bible says whoever receives God shall have eternal life. So don't be discouraged if the word is not received and don't be discouraged if your testimony hasn't moved people towards a relationship with God. Continue to be the light that God gives you. And John 22:30 shows us the last witness of John the Baptist concerning Jesus. It was a response given by him to his disciples in which he reaffirms that he, John, is not the Messiah, but rather his precursor. I'm just an everyday preacher from Alabama who loves the Lord, that's all I am. And I'm given an assignment at this church to do the Lord's work in humility and the best that I can. I'm nothing more than that. And all of us are just plain people trying to do the work of the Lord. Let us not get confused and puffed up. Let us not allow the world to have us look at ourselves better than we really are. On that occasion, John utters that beautiful phrase which summarizes his witness. And it is necessary that he grow greater. John was saying, I need to grow smaller so that Jesus will grow greater. John is saying is that I must decrease so that Jesus will increase. And John is saying is that I gotta get over myself and realize that Jesus is the one who has come and it's not about me. Have you had that conversation with God? Have you asked God if you are too much puffed up by your own gifts and talents and what you think you are? Have you ever had a discussion with God to say, you want to show me what do you want me to do better in 2021? God, what is it that you want to do in my life to make my, my light shine greater so that others might be saved? The verse of today's gospel are again a comment of the evangelists in order to help the communities to better understand the importance of things that Jesus did. Jesus came to the world to take us out of darkness into the marvelous light. A refrain which is almost repeated throughout the Gospel of John. John said that Jesus came in total transparency so that we will see him for who he was. Jesus wept, Jesus cried, Jesus healed, Jesus saved. He was always on duty. In John, the third chapter, verse 34, Jesus gives us a spirit without reserve. And John's gospel uses many images and symbols to signify the action of the spirit. Where there is spirit, there is life. As in creation, in the same way, the spirit descends on Jesus like a dove from heaven. Has the spirit descended upon you? Have you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit? The Word says that in the beginning of the new creation that Jesus repeats the words of God and communicates the Spirit to us without reserve. We want to make the spirit kind complicated, it is not. Jesus said that I'm going away to be with the Father to prepare a place for you, but I will leave you with an advocate, a comforter, who will give you whatever you need, whatever you need, whatever you need, whenever you need it. So God has set us up for success. Are you taking advantage of the gift of the spirit, the gift of life? The Spirit is like the water which springs from the people who believe in Jesus. The Spirit is given to us to recall and understand the full significance of the words of Jesus. Pastor Joseph, it might be time for us to do a study of the Holy Spirit so that we can truly understand that we have Holy Ghost power and we need to know how to tap into it so that the world will not destroy us. And in John 3, 35, 36, it shows that the Father loves the Son. And he reaffirms the identity between the Father and Jesus. The Father's love, the Son, and places all things in his hand. And as I read this, I kept asking myself, God, what have you placed in my hands? God, what is it that you have given me to do? God, what is it that you have assigned to me that I have not yet done? And will you please, dear God, show me what it is so that I might be obedient and I might share this great light that you have given me. Paul said that the fullness of divinity dwells in Jesus. And this is why the one who accepts Jesus and believes in Jesus has eternal life. Because God is life. Without life, there is, without God, there is no life. How many of you have taken the time to write down the names of people you know who are not in relationship with God? There was a time in the life of our church and we need to do it again, that we will write down the names of the people we are aware of who are not saved and we will put those names in a basket and we will pray over them because somebody prayed for you when you didn't know where you were. Somebody prayed for you when you were lost in the world. Someone prayed for us when we were in darkness and did not know what the light looked like. And so if God has saved us and given us the light, why would we not take the time to contribute to someone else? Now that we understand the definition of light, I ask myself, what are some of the things which impact the quality of life we will experience? I realized that this list is not totally inclusive, but it's a good start. Our family of origin has great influence on us. Many of us grow up in families where we are not taught to love, we're just taught how to figure things out. Our perception of self influences our lives and what people say to us. I don't like it at all when I hear someone say, he's not gonna be anything, he's just like his daddy. She's not gonna be anything. She just like, you ever heard that before, that people say things like that? And then when we walk away with these negative perceptions of ourselves, we have to find a place to act it out so that what we've heard will come true. But it's the spirit of the living God that tells you that you are awesome. It's the spirit of the living God that reminds you that I made you and I know where you're going and I know how you're gonna get there. It's the spirit of the living God that will raise you up when the world says you are leftovers and there's nothing good coming out of Compton. But Almighty God will rise up the good in you and somehow you will begin to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Our educational status influences us. We should be praying mightily for our children right now in virtual environments with no technology and no way to learn. We should be praying, what can we do as a church to help those who do not have resources to learn right now? Our exposure to opportunities really influence our lives and impact us in our thoughts. Our personal experience, the people who love us and the people who refuse to love us have impact on our lives. Our measure of success, If we measure our success by the things we have accumulated, we have done nothing if we measure our success by the things that we have purchased, whether we pay for them or not, then we have missed the whole point. Is that the only gift of life that matters is a relationship with Jesus Christ and the promise of salvation. Everything else will fade away. And what I've learned is that people collect possessions all of their lives. And then as you get to be 70, 75, you begin to give it away because you realize that it really doesn't mean anything anymore. You realize that you really can't wear your gold and your jewelry once you cross over. You realize that all of the things that you thought were so precious that your relatives could care less. All they want to know is the bottom line. How much money did you leave in the will? We have to understand that life is cruel. And we need to establish relationships that are all consuming and grounded in God's love. Our attitude has a lot to do with our lives. Some of us are hard to love we don't love ourselves. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit will help us to do is to love ourselves. Because if you don't love yourself, it's impossible for you to love anybody else. Let me say that again. If you do not love yourself, it is impossible for you to love anybody else. Our support systems, our lack of support systems, all of us need someone who believes in us. All of us need to hear that you are special to me and you have great meaning in my life. That's why during the pandemic, I have been encouraging Pleasant Grove Church call somebody, text somebody, send a card to somebody, just to let them know that you love them and you care about them. And if you don't know who that should be, ask the Holy Spirit and the name will pop in your brain and the Holy Spirit will guide and direct you to whom that is. Our friends and associates have great influence on us. When I was growing up, I thought my parents were always too negative about my friends. And I always, you know, had a problem with them saying, well, you shouldn't hang out with her because, because, because. But I discovered now that I'm old that they were right. And they saw things that I could not see. They heard things that I did not understand. So I thank God for their coaching. Knowing your purpose is also part of the journey. And our relationship with Almighty God, or our lack of a relationship with Almighty God, will influence our lives forever. Let me share an illustration with you. Recently, I was blessed to see the movie Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and I was intrigued by the character Levy, played by the late Chadwick Bozeman. At age eight, he had witnessed nine white men assault his mother, and he was not able to protect her. Therefore, he was trapped in a world of darkness and boxed in by brick walls. Sometimes we are trapped in based on things that happened to us years and years ago. Sometimes, Sister uh, Sandra, we are trapped in because we don't realize that what happened to me when I was eight, nine, or 10, I I haven't overcome it yet. I'm I'm still hearing voices of people telling me that you're not gonna be anything. No matter what you do, that's just nothing for you. We, We get trapped into the darkness and our light becomes a battle because we're constantly trying to move forward, but the voices in our ear keep telling us that we will never get there. On three different occasions in the film, he attempts to gain access to this enclosure. And on the first try, Levy finds that the green metal slab door that leads toward the area is jammed shut. You ever had a door jammed shut and you keep trying to open the door? The second time he reaches the door is less an attempt to break through than a simple force of habit. And he gives the door a couple of tugs without a thought and then he stops and it becomes clear. The third and final attempt occurs after most of the film's events have transpired. And by this point in the story, in the way that only someone who had been cheated out of what they believe they are old can be, he rips and tugs and kicks and flies at the door and finally, kind of he breaks through and he gets to the other side and he realized that there's nothing there but gravel, sand, and walls. So many walls. Have you spent your energy at times for that great promotion, and you thought that once you get promoted and you get the title that you think you deserve, you get there and realize that it's not what you thought? I don't know about you, but I've had some times in my life when all I wanted to do was get through that wall and get to that promotion and that title. And I realized when I got there, there was no joy, there was no happiness, there was nothing for me, and I was a lot better on the other side. So what I'm saying to you is that in all of your tugging and in all of your pushing and pulling, be sure that you're having a conversation with Almighty God. Levy bends toward the same truth, and as you know, Viola Davis plays the lead role. And she was pulling up those she care about which was social mobility. Who were you pulling up? Who were you lifting up? Who are you, who are you giving hope to? Who were you looking upon to say, you know what? I understand, I am here for you. But Levy bends towards the same truth and in a different way, and instead he is swallowed up. It is impossible for him to separate himself from the anger in his heart. And in the most arresting of his monologue, he holds court for nearly five minutes straight, recounting both the sexual assault of his mother by a group of white men, and his father's subsequent death as to avenge her. In other words, he couldn't get beyond the darkness of his personal life, and even though he is a young man now, he still cannot get the affirmation through his music that he needs so he can feel good about himself. And so as I watched that, I realized that all of us need to understand our purpose so that the darkness will go away and the walls will come down and we will begin to see ourselves as God sees us. Later in the film, another argument about the nature of God, the devil, and the meaning of life gets so heated that he pulls out a knife and swings at cutler challenging God to strike him down right then. In other words, Levy was saying, if you are really God, then show up. If you are really God, show up and get me out of the mess that I am in. And if you are really God, why don't you save my family? Why don't you save my siblings? Why don't you change my children? Why don't you change my supervisor? Why don't you bless me with happiness? Power cannot be out-hated. And one cannot outmaneuver it by themselves. And what Bozeman could not let us forget is that a life devoted to these pursuits seals of fate worse than death. A life without God is a dead-end street. A life without God is a train or a plane or a bus, or Uber that will not take you anywhere. A life without God is incomplete. A life without God is like having a car with no fuel. A life without God is like having a body, but there is no breath and there is no way that you can breathe. A life without God is like waking up with nothing to look forward to. A life without God is like living from day to day, but there is no joy in your life. A life without God is null and void. So on this day, I offer you the light of the world. Jesus Christ. On this day, I offer you the best gift God could have given, and that is the gift of salvation. By the end of the film, Levi is twisted and broken, having succumbed to hate in pursuit of a man who he can never attain. Therefore, he never established a relationship with God, which means he never received the gift of life offered freely by Almighty God. Praise team as you come. Ezekiel gives us a clear picture of the gift of love from Almighty God. There's someone today listening who is not in relationship with Jesus Christ.
0: Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report for like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at wwwpgc carryorg Thank you again.